Amen. Come on, Brother Eddie. I want to introduce to you, if you don't know him, this is my father-in-law, my mentor, my friend, my joke teller, <laughs> my humor sharer. <laughs> and this is my friend, Brother Eddie Tucker, is going to preach to us tonight. And, man, we are excited. He's a faithful soldier of the cross. Amen. Uh, to our visitors, here's how this works. You get to say amen out loud. If you hear something good, you can even go, woo, and he'll be okay with that. It's all right. We're the people at the ball game that don't sit down. So we're pretty excited about Jesus. Amen. So if you want to back him while he's preaching, you can even say, get it, boy. And he knows exactly what that means. Amen. Hey, are you thankful that he's here? Are you ready to hear God's word? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, the book of John, chapter number 8, and I'll read one verse or three verses, and then I'll read another one, then let you sit down, and I'll probably be reading some more a little later. In John, chapter number 8, verse number 56, Jesus is talking to a religious crowd. He said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple going through the midst of them and passed by. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. You can be seated. I'll, I'll be doing some more reading in a little bit, but uh, this preacher was going by a graveyard, and he was out walking one evening, and he heard the awfulest screaming and crying and hollering that ever was. And he looked up, and this man was standing before a grave, and he was crying, Why did you die? Oh, why did you die? And he thought, That man needs help. I need to go talk to him. And he got closer, and the guy kept saying, well, why did you die? Why did you die? He said, sir, I'm a minister. He said, uh, is there anything I can help you with? He said, is this your wife's grave? He, he said, no. This is my wife's first husband's grave. Oh, why did you die? <laughs> Sometimes you just need to leave things alone. <laughs> Good to be here tonight. Good to see some friends I haven't seen in a long time. My buddy here, I love him so much. Good to see him. I've been praying for him. Brother Bailey, so many of you that's out tonight that, that I haven't seen. This time last year, Easter came on the 17th of April. I ha hadn't driven a car in over two months. 
uh, I was barely able to even walk and uh, without any help. And so I told my nurse, I said, my goal is to drive to church on Easter. She said, no. <laughs> no, no, that's not going to happen. I said, but that's my goal. And so it got closer and closer. She said, okay, take me for a spin. Let me see you drive. So I took her for a spin, and she said, okay, I think you can drive to church. And I drove my car last Easter for the first time in over two months. Boy, look at me now. <laughs> I was telling you. Hallelujah. In uh, Genesis chapter 22, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here am I. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac. Now, wait a minute. If I know anything about the Bible, he had two sons. But he said, Take now thine only son, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering up on one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and claved the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. The word worship is the first time this is mentioned in the Bible. It's right here in Genesis chapter 22. And he told him then, he said, I and my son are going yonder up on the mountain to worship, and we'll return unto you. He knew he was coming back, uh, and he knew the lad was coming back. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son... God will provide not a lamb, but himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And there came to a place which God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the, instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. 
What a story. Genesis 22 tells the first time about worship. Tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about worship because worship requires something from you that nothing else requires. And that's your spirit. Your job doesn't require it. You can, you can go to work without and work all day and your spirit not be in it. Uh, your marriage doesn't require it. But if you want to worship God, you're going to have to have your spirit in it. Jesus went to a well in Samaria. The Bible said he needs must go through Samaria. And he went there and sat down near a well. And this woman came. And Jesus, to draw water, he said, give me a drink. And she looked at him and she said, why are you asking me a drink, seeing that you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan and the Jews don't have any dealings with the Samaritans? And Jesus looked at her and said, if you know who was talking to you, <laughs> he said, you would have asked me a drink and I'd give you a drink of the living water that you wouldn't thirst no more. She said, well, you don't have anything to draw with and the well is deep. And he said, the water that I give you is a well springing up unto everlasting life. And he said, there's a time coming, and it's now, that we no longer worship God in a mountain or in Jerusalem. He removed a certain place to worship God at, and he told them, the time is now that the true worshiper will worship God in the spirit and in truth. So he removed all landmarks from worship. Don't matter where you're at. If you worship God, you got to worship him with your spirit. you got to have your spirit in it. Wonder why we can't worship God like we like to? Because we don't have our spirit in it. And Jesus told that woman, he said, I'll give you, I'll give you water to drink. But he said, you got to go get your husband. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You're absolutely right. But you've had five of them. The one you got now is not yours. <laughs> he said, am I telling you the truth? She said, sir, I perceive thou art a prophet. And when he got through talking to her, she left the pot that she brought and took the well back with her. And when she went back, she began to tell the people in Samaria, come see a man that told me everything I've ever done. This has to be the Messiah, the Christ. Many people believed on the woman's testimony, and some of them come back to see for themselves and believed on the words that Jesus said. You see, when God begins to have people to worship, He wants their spirit. He had promised Abraham a son 25 years before Abraham had the son. And then once he got the son, you see, sometimes when God gives us a promise, we don't see nothing happening, and we think, well, we got to help God out. And so Sarah told Abraham, she said, maybe God will give you a, a child through my handmaid, and that's how you're going to have a son. And so he listened to Sarah, and he ended up with a son that was called Ishmael. And Ishmael was not a promised son. When God said, I'm going to give you a son from your loins, Abraham, and it's going to be from Sarah's dead womb. God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's, he's talking about. You, you may not see it come to pass. Abraham could have probably had a son when he was 75 years old. But when he got 100, uh, he was past having kids. 
Sarah was 90 years old. She was past having kids. But God's word will not fail. When you get ready to, when you get ready to worship God, you, you know what you need? Number one, you need to hear from God. You need a word from God. Abraham did not just walk out one day and said, I'm going to kill that kid. <laughs> I know some of y'all probably said that about yours. <laughs> this wasn't something that Abraham dreamt of doing. He would have never, he loved Isaac. He would have never thought of harming it, but he heard from God. We need to hear from God. We need a word from the Lord more than we need anything in this world. We're living in a scary time. We're living in a time when, when it's uh, uh, unstable. The banks are unstable. The government's unstable. Look like war is looming on every hand. But we need a word from God. When we get a word from God, it's going to come to pass. When you come to the house of God, you need to come here with your ears open. Six or seven times the Bible said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Y'all remember the CB days? The, the days when they had CBs, about everybody had them? Lift your hand up if you ever talked on a CB. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what the favorite say? Hey, buddy, you got your ears on? That's what we need when we come to the house of God. We need our ears on. We need to listen for God. We need to hear God from a song, in a testimony, in a word or something. Because if you don't hear from God, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to worship God. Abraham would have never thought of offering Isaac up as a burnt offering. But the Bible says in verse number 22, And he said unto Abraham, God talked to Abraham, said, Take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest, and take him to a mount that I will show you and offer him as a burnt offering. He heard from God. We need God's word. It's the most powerful thing that God left us is his word of God. Hebrews 4 and 12 said, for the word of God is, not was, not going to be. The word of God is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of a man's heart. The word of God is powerful. It's, a, it's, it's why we need to hear from God. I remember one time hearing a story about a, a sailor had come to church that Sunday, and he was, a, he was drinking, and he was cursing and causing a ruckus. And so they tried to get him under control, and he was being really rebellious. And the minister said, come back into my office and let me talk to you a little bit. And he said, let, let me talk to you about God. He said, I don't believe in God. He said, well, he said, I, I, I'd like to talk to you about it. He said, I don't, he said, let me read you a scripture. He said, I don't believe the Bible. He said, I don't believe in God, and I don't believe in the Bible. And uh, the minister didn't know what to do. He began to pray. He said, God, help me in this situation. This man, I don't know what I'm going to do with him. And all of a sudden, the minister picked up the Bible and held it out. He said, you don't believe in God. You don't believe in this word. He said, I want you to put your hand on this Bible and I want you to look up and say, God, I don't believe you exist and I don't believe this is your word. He said, would you do that for me? 
And that sailor turned real pale looking and looked at that minister. And he said, sir, there's not enough money in the world to make me do that. And took off running out to church. Honey, you may say you don't believe in, in God and you don't believe in his word. But I'm telling you, this powerful word of God has got more power than you ever thought about. Heaven and earth will pass away. But he said, my word will abide forever. Thank God for the powerful word of God. It's got power to... Uh, well, just read in Genesis where, where power is connected to the word. And the, and the Bible says over and over and over, and God said, and it was so. <laughs> he just spoke the word, and it happened. That's how powerful this word is. This word, uh, we need it more than anything. It's a discerner in thoughts of the intents of the heart. God's word is a perfect book. You know why? It's got a perfect author. It was written by over 30 men over 1,600 years. It's got 1,189 chapters, 66 books, 773,692 words written over 30-some uh, uh, years by Holy Ghost moved upon them, and they wrote as the Holy Ghost told them, and not one time did they ever cross words. They had one message. Jesus is coming, Jesus is here, and Jesus is coming again. Amen. And that's why... I'm up here preaching tonight. I believe Jesus is coming back. Amen. And it could be any day. Praise God. And the Bible says two times, it says the word is true from the beginning. There's 200, over 250 some names given to God in the Bible, throughout all the Bible that relates as unto God. Psalms 138 and 2 says, Thou hast exalted thy word over all thy name. Wow. God puts his word above everything. Remember when a word used, people's word used to be their bond? That was God's covenant to man. If he promised something, it was going to happen. We would not even know about the lovely name of Jesus if it wasn't for the word of God. That's why we need to hear from God in everything that we do. I mean, people used to pray before they'd even buy a car, a home, or anything. They would pray and seek God and get, and get God's word from it. And God would speak to them. You really, really want to hear from God? God will talk to you if you, if you just have an ear to listen to him. Sometimes we, we fail to, to hear God because we don't have our spirit when we come to the house of God. We don't have it in our service. This is a powerful book, really powerful. Not only that, but this book has been preserved for us. All through history, they've tried to do away with the Word of God. They've tried to burn it. They've tried to destroy it. They've tried to uh, revise it. They give you a reversed vision if you get a revised version. And that's what's wrong with a lot of people today. They say, well, I don't understand the King James Version. Well, what's, what, what don't you understand? It's just as plain as, as it can be. If it says, and he went into the house. What's so hard about that? It's a male. He went somewhere. He evidently, he wasn't in the house. He went into the house. Plain and simple. Just, just dissect it. Look at it. It's, it's not that hard. But you know what? They don't want you to understand the Bible. They don't. They they. The, the, the world today is trying to keep you out of church. They're trying to teach your kids all different kinds of stuff. 
They don't want you to, they don't want your kids in the house of God. They don't want you to bring them to hear the word of God because they know anybody under the sound of the word of God, anything can happen. Anybody can be saved. Any miracle can happen if you're under the word of God. God wants his word. When he told his disciples, he said, you go out and preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, deer season, ball season, any kind of season. Preach the word of God. Amen. We need the word of God more than anything. We need old time preachers that gets up and shouts and spits on people sitting on the front row. Why? I say, I don't need you screaming like that. Yes, you do. Old time preaching. That's what we need in America. <laughs> Hallelujah. They get up now. Dearly beloved, welcome to God's sanctuary. Let us honor God in quietness. If I wanted quietness, I'd go to a graveyard. Dead people don't make noise. God told me in the Bible, he said, you, my people are lively people. Amen. Lively stones, not tombstones. Amen. The reason why people don't want to come to church, they're not being fed because it's been dead. Dead services will create dead in people. Hallelujah. Used, years ago, they had a man, and his name was Mr. Ed. I like Mr. Ed. My name's Ed. He lived down in North Carolina. He was an old man. Old people remember Mr. Ed. Nobody knew how old he was. He didn't even know how old he was. He couldn't read his own name. But every time the choir would get up, he'd get a songbook and get up there and sing with him like he was singing. Sometimes the songbook would be upside down. He didn't know but he'd get up every time. Mr. Ed loved God. So the church wanted to do something for him. They bought him a new Bible. Had his name engraved on it. Mr. Ed loved that Bible. He carried it everywhere he went. And one day, the pastor was going by the trailer where Mr. Ed lived. And it had burnt down during the night. And he stopped to inquire, and they said that Mr. Ed was staying with someone during the night when his trailer caught on fire, and he don't even know it's burnt down yet. So the preacher said, on his way back from town, he stopped by. He's thinking, what we got to do to get Mr. Ed in a home? And he said the place was burnt to ashes and everything. He was looking around the rubble, and he seen something there, and he, he kicked at it, and Wretched down and got a hold of it, and it was the Bible that the church had bought Mr. Ed. And he said it was burnt all on the outside and everything, but he said he opened it up, and all of the words was just as fresh as the day that the Bible had been printed. He said all of the time, he said, God spoke to me. He said, let me tell you something. Everything in his house perish, but my word will come through the fire. I'm glad, thank God, for the word of God. When I lose everything, I still got the word. That's why the devil don't want you to read the word of God. He don't want to get to you to get the word of God in your heart. He said, Lord, thou, what David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Let, let him take the word of God away from me but I'm going to tell you something every time I see a piece of cornbread I'm going to think Jesus is the bread of life every time I see the star I'm going to think he's the bright and morning star 
Every time I see a glass of water, I'm going to think Jesus said, I am the water of life. Every time I see a flower, Jesus is the rose of Sharon. Every time I see anything, it's going to remind me of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You need a word from God. And how do we need a word of God? We need it often. Real often. Because the devil tries to take the word of God from your heart. Not only that, but you need a, a sacrifice. Isaac knew there was something wrong with this worship service. He knew you can't worship God without blood. And so he asked his father, he said, we got the fire, we got the wood, but where is the lamb for a sacrifice? And so Abraham had every intention of killing that boy, offering him up to God. And he said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a sacrifice. So what happened? He got up on the top of the mountain. He built an altar. That's what I love about Abraham. He always built an altar everywhere he went. God said, go out into a country that I'll show you. Wherever he stopped, he built an altar. An altar will get down in the dirt where you come from. Get down on your knees and begin to worship God with your spirit. Abraham built an altar. He laid the wood out. He laid Isaac on the wood. Do you notice Isaac is not resisting in one way or another? He's submitting unto his father. Because this is a type of the father taking Jesus of Calvary. And it shows so in detail in Genesis chapter 22. Unbeknown to Isaac and Abraham, every step they took up this side of the mountain, there was a ram coming up the other side. But they didn't know it. But God did. You see, sometimes we wonder why God's doing this and why God's doing that. Just leave him alone. He knows what he's doing. I promise you, he knows what he's doing. I've questioned him a many a time. He knows what he's doing. Abraham was prophesying God will provide himself a ram for a sacrifice. When Abraham drew the knife back to slay his son, the angel cried out, Abraham, do the lad no harm. Now I know that you love me. Y'all heard the song, When I Lay My Isaac Down? Wow, hallelujah, what a, what, what a song. Where he promised him a son. He loved that son. And one day God come to him and said, Abraham, I want him back. I want him back. Give him back to me. Wow. He said, because upon that mountain, you're going to prove it's either you and Isaac or me and you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Abraham did not stagger at the promises of God through unbelief, but was faithful 
When God spoke and said, give me your son as a burnt offering, Abraham arose early in the morning. When God speaks to us, we don't need to delay. We need to do it right then and right there. We let the devil talk us out of most of the blessings. Damon, get up and say, all right, we've got somebody in church that's in need. I want God to speak to your heart right now. What would you give to help this person in need? And right away, something comes in your heart and says, give $50. And so they can't find no baskets to take up an offering. And the devil comes to you and say, uh, you're getting low on gas. Long time to payday. <laughs> Where's the baskets at? I don't, man, I can't find them. I don't know what happened. Oh, yeah, you forgot about this, didn't you? And then by the time the baskets get back there, the devil's going to talk to you out of $49. <laughs> it's, it's so needful that we do like Abraham, arise early in the morning. Prepare to worship God. How many of you prepare to worship when you come to the house of God? You need to get you a, a, a scripture. If you don't get to give it, don't worry about it. Just keep, keep that scripture in your spirit. There'll be a time coming that you can give it. But when you come here, you need to turn loose of everything and start putting your spirit in the worship service. I, I look back and I see these babies waving their hands. They got their spirit in worshiping. They're not concerned about the government. They're not concerned about the banks. They're not concerned about nothing. You know what they're doing? They're just waving and worshiping God. That's how God wants us. Amen. We're his children. He's going to take care of us. Take no thought of tomorrow. For tomorrow will take thought of itself. But right now, while I'm in your presence, I'm just going to wave my hand and worship you because God, you're worthy of everything. God, you gave me a son. You gave me a promised son. You want him back? I'm going to give him back to you. But I know even though I give him back, you're able to raise him from the dead and I'll bring this son back off of this mountain. Hallelujah. Praise you mighty Jesus. Thank you Lord. If y'all have never been in a cardboard testimony, you need to come Sunday. It's, it's un, unreal how great things are in a cardboard testimony. Bring you plenty of handkerchiefs and napkins. But here's Isaac, ready to die. And God stopped him. Turned around and seen that ram caught by his horns in a thicket. Let me tell you what a thicket is. A thorn bush. Don't forget that because this, this ram in a thicket is going to show up on down the New Testament. So he got the ram, untied Isaac. Stand right here, son. Took that ram, killed it. Laid it on the wood and set it on fire. And the Bible says it took the place in the stead of Isaac. Isaac was standing there watching. Fire was scorching the, the ram. 
hair was being singed, grease was dropping off, popping, it was being consumed, blood running down, stinking smell. And Isaac was thinking, that was almost me. That I could that that could have been me. I can't prove it, but I believe that's the first dancing that was instituted in the Bible. I believe when he thought that thing took my place. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Let me tell you something. I got a revelation. I got a revelation that I was going to hell, but Jesus took my place on Calvary. He's my substitute. He's my sacrifice. He's the one that saved me. He's the one that called me out. Now, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to worship Him. Why? He took my place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a, what a Savior. As soon as you get saved, the devil starts telling you, God don't love you. And the people at the church don't love you either. You know why the devil tells people God don't love them? Because God's love is a love of action. The Bible says, while we were yet in our trespasses and sin, he loved us and gave himself for us. Our love is a love of reaction. We love him because he first loved us. So we react to his love. The less you think he loves you, the less you're going to react to him. The more you have a revelation of how great he loves you, the more you're going to react and devote yourself to worshiping him. That's why the devil wants to tell you God don't love you. Devil, you're a liar. You're a liar from the beginning. God loved me before I ever got in church. God saved me while I was still in my sin. He loves me more than he loves you. I know that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Every day, I live like it's my last one. Because it very well could be. I don't want to go to sleep if I think I didn't tell somebody I love them. I've gotten such a habit telling my kids and people I love them that I say it to strangers. <laughs> Me and my wife was coming back from Florida and I called the lady that uh, took care of the condo and I said, listen, I'm leaving early and uh, uh, you can get the cleaning lady in there if you want to. I said, I like to drive at nighttime, and we're heading back home. And she said, well, you didn't have to leave until tomorrow. I said, yeah, I know. I said, but uh, I like to drive at night, and so we, we hit the road. And she said, okay, thank you for calling, Ed. And uh, she said, we'll see you next year. I said, okay, I love you. Bye. 
she, she didn't know what to say. She said, uh, uh, we love you down here. <laughs> and I hung up. My wife looked at me. She said, well, what's that all about? <laughs> and I said, honey, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, so I told my kids about it. And Michael, my son, every time he talks to me now, he said, all right, Dad, I love you down here. And my grandkids, I love you down here, Papa. And, and so I've just gotten such a habit of it. But love, we need to love like, like it's, it's the last thing we're going to do. Prepare the worship when you come to the house of God and participate in worship. And then I'll, I'll close with this. But you know sometimes when the anointing is moving throughout the church um, and we're sitting back watching people have fun, watching people enjoying God, God wants you to participate in it. He wants you to feel the same spirit that everybody's feeling. He don't want you to feel left out. He don't want you to feel neglected. You know what people say? Well, I don't want to act like a fool. Why? Why don't you want to act like a fool? Is it because people will think you are? Well, so what? The person you sit beside of, how many house payments have they made for you? How many car payments have they made for you? When you get ready to worship God, you need to block your neighbor out. You need to block everybody out. You just say, if I'm going to be a fool, I'm going to be a fool for Jesus. Somebody said, you're a nut. Yeah, but I'm screwed on the right bolt. Amen. I love to have fun. I love to make people laugh. I love my kids. I love my grandkids. But I love God more than I love life itself. You know why? Because the Bible said... Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the Spirit of death. Thank God there is a Spirit that's in Jesus, and it's called life. Hallelujah. When God says live, you got to live. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Are you thankful for the sacrifice in your place? In your place. We're going to play another song and we're going to give you a chance to respond to what you've just heard. Whatever or however God spoke to you, if you're just thankful that Jesus took your place, you can worship during this song. If you feel separated from the Lamb and you need to fix that gap, you can come to the altar and pray. So we'll give you this moment as we sing. Just obey the Lord. However he dealt with your heart, would you respond to that?